it's Chanel. Hey, hey, it's Chris. Welcome back to Same Same But Different. Yes, welcome back. And in true SSBD fashion, we are going to start with how we're feeling. Chanel, uh, today I I am in anticipation for Ooh. today's conversation because this is a space that I have feelings about, but I have not solidified those feelings and, and into actions. Uh, so it's just uh, today I'm a giant question mark and anticipation of like what this conversation may bring and how this conversation may bring me closer to clarity. Oh, I love that. I love that. I don't know, thinking about characteristics that I would have thought of in anticipation as like a feeling, but I completely get it and love it. Mm. I love that. Um, I think, I think I'm feeling empowered, um, by this, by this conversation and just kind of everything that's going on again, lots of transitions, but, um, really excited about what's coming and being present in it and taking my power and owning my power in space. Um, and so that's just really exciting. Yes. I'm here for that empowerment. I think that's, yeah, I love that you say that because for me, that is where I'm hoping to get with this, but knowing that it is going to be, uh, a, a process. So oh. <laughs> I'm just choosing my power for this journey. I did not say I had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that too. I, yeah. Same, same, right? <laughs> same, same. I love that. Well, today we're talking about holidays and in our conversations, our previous conversations around holidays, true to who we are as individuals and how we connect with one another is we like to seek out information. When we're first trying to learn something, we definitely lean on the heady stuff, the logical stuff, the data first, and then we incorporate the feelings uh, with the goal of allowing the feelings to help us solidify. So I, um, I wanna kind of kick it off to you and have you share a little bit about like what you know to be true about holidays see you phrase these questions in ways that feel so much more daunting than i was prepared for um what i know to be true about holidays so i think there's i think there's of course what we see you know in commercials or commercialism sorry let me say it that way what's nationally recognized with federal holidays what's even some state holidays um i think there's certain allowances based on faith and religion um but I think the thing that, and, and we've talked about this, I think the thing that is hardest for me in all of that is it feels often so outside of myself mm. and it feels like the should. I, I remember, I forget which episode, but you were like shitting all over the place and it just, it feels like we should do these things, you know? And so even in thinking about in preparation for this, I kind of went back and was like, what do I know about holidays? And really like the root of it is the holy day, which is interesting because I think we take religion and faith out of so much of the holidays, you know, pol politics and all that. But just the idea is a day of rest. Um, it's a day of, of shared rest and celebration. And it really made me think like, does that actually happen? And how often it doesn't? And why are we doing the things that we're doing? And are we aware that we're doing it? So it really 
like thinking about holidays and, and it's funny because every holiday especially the major ones the thanksgiving the christmas you know the it really just makes me sit and think for myself and and you know it's always a conversation with like family about okay what are we doing this year whose house what what how what you know um but I think one of the things that I love, and I will name this as I'm choosing my privilege in this book, <laughs> I'm leaning into my privilege as someone with a smaller family um, and, and a smaller, generally exercising a family. So it's usually me and my mom for holidays. And that is while we will invite other people or do holidays with other people, um, the consistency is the two of us and like, what do we need that year? and leaning into it. And I, I think Thanksgiving feels like one of the best examples of being playful for us. Um, and also now that I actually am getting ready, now that I'm getting ready to share this, I also feel like I need to call my mother and apologize. Um, but <laughs> oh wait, hold on. We have to say more about that. Say more about that. You can't just insert that and then like revert back. <laughs> so I feel like all the way up until like high school, my mom would make these dinners, you know, she would cook, she would do all the things. What do we want? We kind of make a short menu. We can't, you know, we have to, because it's usually just a small group or even just us, we can't cook too much food. So you really have to choose what you want because otherwise you'll just have it for forever and it'll be stupid expensive for just two people. So she cooked all these meals. And I remember even all the way up to like, I think it was freshman or sophomore year of college I was it had to be sophomore year I was really homesick and I was just like I just want to be Jamaica and so she made all the things I think I, I shared this on a previous post she like made all the things we had curry and jerk and all the all the food I was not hungry for three days like and which is actually really scary you just like oh there's always food and you know the grazing and then after that she was like okay we're grown enough we can like this is the apology. I think it was probably around the time she's like, okay, well, who's cooking? And I was like, what do you mean who's cooking? You cook. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so it was around the point, and this is where I'm sure she will remind me of the details, but I think it was around the point where she's like, you can cook too, that I was like, mm, do we need to? <laughs> so we have a tradition um in our in our house there was always pie and there's always pajamas but everything else is questionable so for thanksgiving you will wear pajamas at, at my house um and there will be pie the food is wildly different it is questionable from year to year where we are who we're with everything else is questionable but there will be pajamas and there will be pie um and for my mom and i there will be a rousing couple of rounds of trouble and mad trash talking but in in preparation for all of this in thinking about it when i started to having the cook i think i cooked one or two years but i was like do you want to get takeout like you know we really enjoy this and so we would order takeout like closing shift the day before thanksgiving and my mom is so extra that she would reheat it you know like slow like like a proper reheat and then put it in like these elaborate dishes like we cooked and like lay out linens like we didn't just dump out takeout containers <laughs> i mean like you know full-on glasses for like water or like tea or whatever was made and it, so it's just it was in pajamas so it's the most ridiculous thing but really thinking about like the amount of time and the amount of money and like the effort that just being hot in the kitchen we just stopped cooking mm -hmm. um we have cooked since then there have been definitely years that we've cooked but even then we cook for like 
this feels so sacrilegious to say, but like a meal. We cook for dinner that night and maybe like there may happen to be some leftovers for the next day, but we're not cooking with the intention of a week of leftovers like we used to, you know, or days of leftovers. No, it's literally a meal. And so we just kind of rewrote it. But when we really thought about like the amount of money and effort and oh my God, groceries, grocery stores, the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, mm. miss me. <laughs> miss me with that. I don't know. Anyway, but we get we get away with this because it's usually just a really small group. I know there are a lot of you and your siblings. How does how do the holidays work for you? Yes, I, I can't wait to dive into that. But I also want to ask one question around this for Thanksgiving <laughs> for you, because okay. I think this will this also I think this might be an, a, a, a same same experience mm-hmm. culturally. When it came to celebrating Thanksgiving specifically in your household, was it ever rooted in the tradition or the historical why behind why we celebrate Thanksgiving? You know better. Um, No, no. Did it ever even come up? Like the idea of pilgrims and Indians and like coming to this country and no, no. Did any conversation ever come up in your household about that? I mean, so I think the conversations that we had was like when I was younger, right? Mm. Like in school, they send you home with these projects, you know, like the little finger, the feather turkeys or like the hand turkeys or whatever. And so it was around those things, which even still, I don't like the amount of turkeys that show up for Thanksgiving is wild. Also, turkeys are probably the least inspired holiday meat, but I'm sure someone somewhere is like rolling over in a grave or class or clutching their pearls at that statement but it's just it's it's good but it's not the thing that i'm like waiting at holding out hope for for thanksgiving but yeah no it was us celebrating thanksgiving especially as i got older and had consciousness of it was about our time together and thankfulness but like to say from a historical perspective absolutely not like I mean, where were like my family wasn't in that story, but like, and especially with my family being Jamaican, like my mom, Jamaican and British, like, why were we talking about pilgrims? (laughs) Well, and, and knowing what I know now, like the history and just, or knowing more of the history, I won't pretend that I know all of it. Clearly I wasn't there, but, um, but just like the historical context and, and actually adding depth and color to those stories. Like, no, there's, I don't know that there's. I don't know that there's too much to celebrate about that. So no, it was about us being grateful and thankfulness and having time together and reflecting and trash talking because it's a love language in our family. Yeah. So I love that. And why I wanted to focus on that is because that in in essence of itself is, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast is to really be able to share more about our culture in a way that most people in our lives may not be regularly exposed to in connection with us. At least I can say that for myself. Like, I know a lot of my current relationships, um, I'm, I don't have conversations around what it means to be Puerto Rican or how we celebrated holidays, you know, growing yeah. up and all of that. But there are some very vast cultural differences, much like you being 100% Puerto Rican, you know, pilgrims and Indians weren't a thing for us beyond, you know, grade school. And back then we know that we were very much being sold a lie 
uh, and and I'm I'm grateful now that you know my nieces and nephews are growing up with more of the truth, uh, more of the reality around all of that as as we historically know it. Yeah. Um, you know, to your point of like not being there, we we just don't know. So on both sides of the spectrum, we really are leaning into trusting um, that we are getting some form of truth after knowing that you've you know been lied to uh, and you placated that, especially from childhood when you're so impressionable. But same thing for me, it was holidays, especially like just sitting with Thanksgiving, it, you know, and I mean, it was always centered around our culture, especially when it comes to food. It was mm-hmm. the biggest thing, you know, and while we might have had the traditional turkey, you know, we also always had um, a pork shoulder, a perni, you know, which um, is seasoned for a minimum of 24 hours. Uh, if you're mom, if you're my mom, you know, it's, you know, 48 you know, mm. the minimum, you know, and so that marinating and that slow cooking. And, and those are the things that, you know, from a nostalgia perspective on Thanksgiving, I remember waking up to the smell of Benny, not turkey. Right. right? Um, and it, it was an opportunity to really embrace our culture around our food. And so things we don't normally have on an everyday basis, we looked forward to having that on Thanksgiving. Because to your point about your mom, it's a labor of love to cook these things. Do you know? Um, you know, I think I, I even just thinking about turkey in general, right? And and the way I think if you YouTube, you know, how to make a turkey, obviously everyone is going to have lots of different ways, but the seasonings are very basic. You know, when it comes to seasoning a brani, it takes you time just to make the marinade, yeah. right? And it's fresh herbs and whatnot. So even just the the marinating versus the low, the slow cooking is a labor of love, which is not always rooted in traditional U.S. culture and U.S. foods. You know, so it took a lot, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the definition of the holy day and a day of rest and what that actually looks like, especially from a cultural perspective, like these people in our lives who work hard for a nine to five, right? Or who am I kidding, right? A 10 hour shift, 15 hour shift, you know, multiple, uh, multiple jobs. jobs, right? Uh, you know, and, and on a holiday, their day of rest really looks like them spending all day in a kitchen, you know, for this meal, which intentionally you're going to make more so you have leftovers, so you actually can get a break right? You know, from that afterwards, especially when you come from a big family like mine, you know, my mom, it's interesting as the years go on, we've had to learn how to scale back on our portions and realize like, oh, you know, we're not cooking for seven people in a household anymore. Uh, And so, so what does that look like? But this, all of this makes me, you know, question the why behind holidays and, and really what are we celebrating? Yeah. Why are we actually celebrating it? And how much of it is it that sheep herd mentality just because it's what we do, right? Or it's 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 this idea of, and for me, this is a this can be a curse word, tradition. Oh, right? Damn. Like I, <laughs> I I I I think tradition can be a bad word, you know. Uh and sometimes we get so caught up in tradition that we don't realize I think tradition can be disempowering, essentially. And one story that I've heard before was uh, this generational story with uh, a, a young girl, a mom was cooking a pot roast and the young girl, she was teaching her daughter how to cook it. And, and the mom cuts the ends of the pot roast off. And the daughter asks, well, why do you do that? And the mom goes, 
I don't know. My mom always did it. And so the mom calls her mother and says, why do we cut the ends of the pot roast off? And the mom's, the grandmother says, oh, well, because back in the day, our ovens weren't big enough. So we had to cut, shave it down. Right. And so systematically, we end up doing these things without ever questioning why, without ever knowing why. And thankfully, we have younger generations who were just organically curious and they're going to constantly ask why. Yeah. Um, and, and unless you have an adult in your life who's willing to embrace that, you may never know the why behind something. And I think when you talk about Thanksgiving as a holiday that you brought up, when we start to discover the why, for many people, how they celebrate that started to shift. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think tradition can be really beautiful. I think it can be empowering, but you have to understand it, right? Like you have to still choose it and it has to be relevant. And I think it's the blind acceptance or the following through that it makes anything holidays, traditions, you know, going to work, whatever, anything that makes it really challenging. Like, are you choosing it? Are you present? Are you conscious? Are you engaged? Um, you'll get more out of it. And so will everyone around you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was in college, uh, I had a group of friends who were all very different uh, and, you know, Jewish, one practiced Buddhism. You know, I was raised Catholic, uh, although I don't practice anymore. So Christmas was a big thing. And one of our friends, they had created um, this idea of a menagerie of holidays together. So they took everyone's holiday and they called it Buismaka. Oh, I love that. And it there was a Buismaka bush that you decorated. And the focus was around making gifts. You know, um, I believe there was a premise where you can purchase a gift within a certain amount of money, but you had to make a gift. And um, mm -hmm. you you would, you know, gift these. It was kind of like a secret Santa. So it was this beautiful combination of different aspects of holidays to create something that really acknowledged all the people that were celebrating and and their cultures and their, especially religious cultures around holidays. And I thought that I thought that was really inspiring. And it's one of the first times I experienced taking ownership, taking 100 percent responsibility for how I celebrate something in life. And then eventually that turned into years later, how I celebrate myself. I mean, sit with yeah. that question, right? Like, <clears throat> how do you want to be celebrated? How do you want your anniversary of your birth to be celebrated? Yeah. Well, and even as you're talking, I'm wondering and playing around with this idea of celebrating celebration or being celebrated. Mm. and so like we celebrate a thing we celebrate a holiday that feels like something that's outside of us so we're celebrating the fourth of july but if it's not a celebration for you of you with you in connection to that thing then it belongs to someone else it it is always going to be an exercise that is outside of you and so how are you a part of a celebration? And then how do you want to be celebrated? And I think that that honestly should be a question every day. Mm. Um, but definitely as we're thinking about the holidays, like if you're not making it your own, then you're just doing something for someone else. And especially like 4th of July, like founding fathers don't care that you're celebrating or not celebrating. 
Yeah. I, you know, you bringing that up, I think is, is, is key in, in the sense that just diving into, into the why and what we do. And it goes back to that, that sheep herd mentality. I think most of us, because we live in this capitalistic experience, right. And we, for the most part, people have to, you know, they are told how many PTO days they have off. And then, yep. you know, we're dictated our holidays and whatnot. And so it's easy to default and just to lean into what currently is because we get a day off or we need a day off. You know, I know that I have, especially around Memorial Day, the holiday we just came up around, right? It's rarely about memorializing you know people that have served this country and it's more about i get to be on a lake i get to be on a boat i'm gonna drink you know it's a barbecue it's it's all these other things that to your point like that we get to do now because that connects to to us and what we may need because we work these long jobs all these hours and we need and we need we need a break and we're gonna in our own ways we're gonna capitalize on that sanctioned holiday that we have to get i think i think you're i think memorial day probably of all the holidays bothers hurts the most Mm. um because it's about people who made the ultimate sacrifice right for this country to protect us for our freedoms for all of these things and it really feels like it has been whittled down to like american flag clothing bathing suits pool openings hot dogs hamburgers and what sale and for someone who has lost a family member who in service or who has served or or just even veterans like even like i struggle so much with memorial day when i see the statistics about veterans struggling and suffering in this country the number of veterans that need mental health services the number of veterans that are homeless i'm like you don't care about people who made the sacrifice because you're not protecting the you know what i mean like you're not protecting the people who have made those sacrifices now that you can Mm. now that we can i'm not even we can what are we doing to support and so it it is it is really a very hard day for me to like swallow and and knowing you know i don't have a ton of of connections but knowing the the family members the sacrifices that they're making living in different countries or figuring out child care or those that have lost their family members like it feels too important those those precious people those their sacrifices their choices their memory it feels too important to like whittle down to like oh did you get the condiments we're having hot dogs and hamburgers like what it's which I and and to be clear, I do think we should have the space to have hot dogs, hamburgers, and be on the lake or at the pool. Just not a day where we're pretending to celebrate military service. Thank you for making that distinction because ultimately that's what that's what I was trying to say. And I think for me, that's what this episode is all about: is is making the distinction between intentionality around like what we're doing and why, and are we only doing it because we're allowed to 
because we have off because this is a government holiday, you know, uh, and then we are finding our own ways to celebrate. Right. And I, I, what I'm loving about the way this conversation is being colored and shaped is we earlier we talked about how from our culture, we celebrate these U.S. holidays, knowing that we're not connected to our cultures are not connected to the history, right? And the point is, is that we, most people have found ways to celebrate based on what they need today in this moment. I need a break. I need a lake day. I need a hot dog. Like I always think about um, <laughs> Legally Blonde. Uh, I can't remember the actress name, but she's hilarious when she looks at um, Reese Witherspoon and she's like, you look like the 4th of July makes one a hot dog real bad. Oh, um, Jennifer Coolidge? Jennifer Coolidge. Love her. Yeah. She's hilarious. She is hilarious. Um, you know, so, I mean, for me, like, that's what I think of when I think of that movie quote, when I think of, like, <laughs> you know, summer holidays, like 4th of July or, you know, uh, Memorial Day. And for me, there's so much of the humor, but I think that even bringing up that quote is really an example of how we celebrate holidays like for her in that moment yes it's a movie quote and you look like the fourth july it makes you want a hot dog real bad doesn't make me want to celebrate my independence real bad <laughs> you know so and i wonder how much you know i think for me it's just rooted in the why like why do we do things and if you're okay with why you do it there's no shame like this conversation does oh, not no. No, no, shame no. blame or guilt anybody it is it is the conversation from the perspective of like you and I on our individual ways are trying to discover how we want to celebrate things within our generation. Well, and I just want to be intentional about it, you know, and I, I'm going to call out the elephant in the room. Uh, the amount of pressure that I have put on myself in years past shopping for Christmas. And I have like each year created strategies around this, right? So much so. And mom, don't be mad. But my mother has a spreadsheet. Okay. She has a spreadsheet. Every year I make a list. I last year, no, two years ago, I was like, oh, this stresses me out. So I was done with Christmas shopping by the first week of November. Like how disconnected from the actual time frame that like so much so. And I think I gave most of them out of Thanksgiving so I could forget about it because I checked the boxes and I did my duty right? Like I was not connected to joy or loving this. It wasn't me. Um, while I got, I got people gifts based on like my relationship with them and what I know about them. It wasn't as individual as, oh, I saw this thing in this cute shop and I just knew you had to have it. It was like, they could use this. I'll get four of those and six of these and checking boxes. And and then by the time I got to, you know, Christmas, it was just like, oh God, I'm so tired. I made it. I made it. Did I get everybody? You like set up the group text message the day of, which I've largely stopped doing. So if anybody wonders if I fell off or face of the earth, I'm just not doing it. I love you. You know that I love you. But like the group text message and it's like, oh my God, like if I'm not going to do it from a space of genuineness, then I just don't want to do it. And I mean, mm -hmm. I love, love stationery. Anyone who knows me knows that I love stationery. I love a good card. I love a message. Don't give me sticky notes or a blank space. I will write you a sermon in the edges of a page, right? Like I love, I love words that I will only send, like I'll send out Father's Day cards and Mother's Day cards, but only on years where I have capacity for it, right? Like it doesn't mean that I think you're a bad mom if I don't send you a card, 
or if I don't send out Christmas cards, it means I didn't have capacity that year. But we don't leave space for like how I'm feeling and what I have capacity for, or I want to do something different, or I want to try on something different. It's like, oh, well, last year, who got the card out first? And are they on the mantle? And did you take the family photos? There's so much pressure that feels so inauthentic. It's wild. Well, and I think that for me, that's the aspect of tradition that makes it a bad word. Yeah. Is being attached to things having to be the same way. And while I think consistency is powerful and beautiful, I think often consistency is mis misplaced in our expectations, you know? And so, and, and that largely is around, around holidays, that things have to be a certain way. I remember you bring up Christmas. Uh, I remember in college um, and even beyond college, one of my absolute best friends, uh, he's Jewish. And we would talk about holidays. And it's like, well, what do you do for holidays? You're Jewish. And he's like, well, we order Chinese food, you know? And he's like, it's one of the few restaurants that are open um, because most Chinese people like Jewish people don't celebrate Christmas. And I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense. You know, and it wasn't until well after college that I started to notice my mom was um, getting tired of doing the holiday cooking. And, and not to say that she didn't have help. I love being in the kitchen with my mom. Uh, and cooking with her and but usually it tends to be her and I right and it's still it's still a lot and so yeah. and a lot of it you know she wants to have her hands in it right because she likes the experience where she gets to sit and watch everybody enjoy the food that she made yeah. you know um and but it, it was it's it became just become became a lot right because as families grow and expand it's no longer seven people right it's you know seven people plus, you know, their significant others, one. their children, you know, all these things. And so it just keeps growing and growing and growing and she's getting older and older and older. Right. And so it looks, it looks Not different. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Mama Soto, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't do that. Don't try to call me out. You know, it, I'm talking about reality and facts. Okay. She's going to be over here like, oh, I love you, Chanel. He always told me, you know, whatever. Look. <laughs> yeah. I don't be the favorite child. <laughs> Get in line. Get in line. <laughs> There's five others. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, but so in seeing that, I remember I brought up this idea to her and I was like, you know, my friend, you know, he's Jewish and and she obviously knows who she who he is. And, um, you know, it's like they go to Chinese. Like, what if we just did Chinese one year? And like, we don't even have to, like, bring it in. There's a restaurant here in Charlotte where we can make a reservation and we can go out. For Christmas dinner, you know, and I, that conversation, I mean, I, I had to bring it up early enough for her to, you know, wrap her mind around it and, and, and give herself the permission to embrace yeah. that. And, and what that looked like for her was like, well, what does that mean for our culture and our food? And like, what if your siblings, you know, really want the food that they only would get that once or twice a year around specific yeah. holidays? You know, we navigated all of that and we did it. You know, it, it's only happened once. Um, you know, we, we Chinese is the only thing that happened once, but it literally started to shift how we did holidays and embracing other people's culture. Right. Yeah. Um, other people that didn't look like us. Right. Um, and so that even included Thanksgiving, you know, being OK with ordering a turkey and some sides from local restaurants. And, and in some cases, Thanksgiving, she was, you know, still like, no, I'm, I'm going to make that arroz con gandules. Like, I'm not going to not make that. You know, yeah. we're like, great. Everybody's like, we, we Fantastic. love it. Fantastic. 
huge, you know? Um, so okay, it yes, is- If you insist. <laughs> right, 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 right. With no pressure. <laughs> Uh, you know, so, I mean, it is interesting. Uh, I think there's a, there's a, this is why I love experiencing other people and their cultures is because it gives us ideas and possibilities that may work with us as, or work for us as we grow and transition. Yeah. Well, and I, it made me think about my first year in Charlotte, my mom and I went to the Ballantine for Christmas dinner. Um, and it was like, ugh, I guess we're not wearing pajamas, you know, like, <laughs> We got dressed up, drove up the street, went to the Valentine, and I, I needed to tell my mom in advance because of the price tag. Um, <laughs> She's like, you want to spend how much for Christmas dinner? And I was like, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know that I really want to, but maybe it's a new thing. We can experience Charlotte, whatever. And we went and we're like, it's a buffet. So we're going to eat till we're full, 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 kind of waddle out, you know? Um, And then like, that was it that was it. We left and it was it. We came home and we moved on. And I think, um, one, if you do such a thing, and I just want to put this out there, if you should always, but especially if you're going on a holiday, please tip anyone that's working on a holiday. Well, um, like that's annoying. Do not be a butt on like Christmas, you know, regardless of whether or not they celebrate it, it's just don't be a butt. Um, but <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, and uh, it was just a really good experience to try something new for us to continue to move on. I think one of the other things that this really brings up and is is a um, uh, a touchy thing about this is why do we only on those days? So I only see my family at Thanksgiving. I only see my, you know, aunt, uncles, cousins, whoever on 4th of July, I only talk to so-and-so, I only eat this one thing at this one time, it just feels really limiting and it puts us in a box. And if we're about celebrating and enjoying and, and being organic and in the flow of things, like, are there other times where those people or those experiences can come in and enhance? Or I don't know, maybe you can actually be family all year. I love that you say that because that's one of my other challenges with traditional holidays, you know, is that we are waiting, you know, this one time of year, whether it's for our birthdays or, you know, Christmas or whatever holiday, right? I, I would even say around celebrating death too, you know, we are, we wait for this time to be able to have these expressions of joy and togetherness and memory making, right? Which is what we're sold you know, to believe that holidays are supposed to be around, right? Uh, and and yet we don't actively find ways to intentionally practice that beyond these holidays. You know, I think that's ultimately my goal is like, how can I, even just a little bit every day, celebrate the anniversary of my life? Because I get to wake up every day, right? Every day that I've woken up, like, what 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 do I do? And I think maybe at first that seems a little daunting because I'm so attached to this idea of celebrating having to be this big thing. Yeah. And, and, and ch even challenging that mindset of like, doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And, uh, you know, in the nuance of the language, making memories for who, like, is this making memories for Instagram? Is this making memories for the family scrapbook? Or is this making memories that live on in your heart and a photo enhances or triggers that memory? You know, like, is it for you first or is it for other people to partake? Right. Um, and I think 
sitting sitting in that like when you put so much pressure into one situation it okay we have to have christmas and the tree has to look beautiful and everyone has to have their matching pajamas and we're gonna have this like have you created so much pressure that it's impossible to make a, a genuine memory like to to feel good about the experience and have a really good feeling is have you just put too much pressure on it that you have undermined your goal Mm. before it ever started and specifically which is a whole other thing and i love priya parker we've never met but know that i love you um priya parker has a book called the art of gathering and the one of the first things she talks about before you start planning any gathering or any event do you have a goal it needs to be disputable like yes or no we did it not like a way oh i want to create memories no like i want to create special moments for all of the family that we have family game night that we have you know nice warm dinner around the table with healthy conversation like it has to be specific it has to be disputable it's not like one of the examples she gives in the book is like oh a wedding well are you having a wedding for tradition are you having a wedding for your parents are you having a wedding for you what does each of those look like get down in the nitty-gritty have a specific goal and then work towards it you know, so like making a memory, would you know what success looked like in that moment with it, with a goal like that? Yeah. And so much of what you're saying just brings back. I love that all of this is rooted in like how you feel, you know, it, before, during and after, you know, and I, I, it just makes me think about what it looks like. Even the story that I told about shifting our traditions to going out to dinner and, and Christmas, it's like, how are we integrating the next generation how are we allowing the next generation to influence tradition because yeah. it's ultimately going to be up to them to to uphold that right and to to even inspire that and change is constant and inevitable right and so much like my mom doing whatever it took for her to embrace this idea of a new christmas tradition and even thanksgiving tradition that that was inspired because of the next generation you know, and I know so much of of our lives or, or, or even the history, right, is rooted in in this idea of legacy and this idea of attachment of, of tradition, doing things yeah. the same way over and over and over again. And while that can be very powerful and very beautiful, you know, it doesn't always leave room for for change and for people to embrace ways, as you described, like feeling like they fit into this idea of celebration. Yeah you know, or, or feeling like, you know, they have had an aspect or, or done the work around going really deep in, into what makes them feel celebrated or what it means to make a memory, you know? And I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we're, I think we have to attach them the idea of like, yeah, what, what, what memories make us feel good, especially when you talk about big families like mine, we're all very different people, you know, and we, there's different things that we enjoy doing that we'll, we'll remember. And there's other yeah. things, you know, and some of those same things, I, I don't want to remember that because that game's not fun for me, you know, like <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, at, at this stage of our conversation, I'm curious to know like how we might invite our listeners who are willing, you know, I think this is a big thing. I want to take a, a minute to say, just to echo again, what we're up to here with this podcast and what we're doing, right? This is an invitation. This is an right. invitation for perspective and any of our listeners, no matter why you're listening uh, or what brought you here, 
the invitation is to sit with these conversations. If they're making you uncomfortable, consider that that discomfort may be something where um, you might need a change in your life, right? Uh, you may be attached to an idea that you were sold by someone else that might be rooted in the negative side of tradition, um, you know, and so just sit with it if you have the capacity. Uh, and if you right. don't practice, perhaps. And I think the bigger thing or, or, and I think the thing is, how do you feel about it? Right? Like one of the things that I don't think we do because we're so focused on just getting over the finish line, you know, just making it to Christmas, just making it to whatever the holiday is. Um, and often it's one day or, you know, if you're lucky, you know, I think it's usually what Christmas and 4th of July that trade off if you get two days, um, is what did it feel like? And how would you do it different? Like, is there space to reflect on how you felt, how other people felt? Do you check in with them? Okay, what do we need? Mm, that didn't work. Okay, maybe that house or, you know, my mom and I, my mom and I have done, ho you know, hotels for, for, um, holidays, you know, like, I don't want to clean. I don't want to go to your house. You don't want to go to my house. Let's meet in the middle. And we just pick some random city that's, you know, halfway for both of us or whatever, or we pick an attraction or something that we want to do. Like, Mm, did that feel good? I don't, mm, we didn't plan out food very well. That was, Chipotle was not a holiday dinner or, you know what I mean? Like, so you can talk about it, your flex is their space, you know, like what worked really well and how can you embrace that? How can you duplicate that? Um, and I think one of the other things that I want to share is if you're looking at holidays, you know, from a, a federal calendar holiday perspective and they don't feel great, you know, they don't feel like your experiences that you want to embrace, like, can you make one up? Can you make up your own celebrations? And I mean, of course we, we have birthdays, but you know, sometimes there are feelings around birthdays, but like, can you make something up? And I will share that. I love, um, Jill Scott has, uh, she invented famous. So family is, um, and it's like an alternative to Christmas in like, if you had to compare, so there's dancing, there's, you know, family games, there's a, a tree, but they put, um, uh, family pictures on the tree as opposed to ornaments. They put people that they admire or things that have inspired them that year on that tree. And so that's what they do. And the fun thing is you have to write an essay about a thing. She's like, I want them handwritten ideally, but this is your space to educate us about something that has been interesting or fascinating to you. And you don't get to open any presents until you read your essay, because this is your contribution to the family. And so she's like, we've had crazy stories about everything under the sun, but you talk about whatever you want. And and, and the important part, which, you know, Priya Parker, she's like, it's norming the group. So you don't put anyone, you know, you tell everybody the rules up front. So everyone has time and space, like you said, with your mom, like space to get adjusted to it, to prepare, to ask questions so that everyone feels comfortable when you actually get to the event and can enjoy the process. There's no surprises. There's no family member that's explosive that, you know, you weren't expecting. There's no, oh, I was supposed to make the turkey or, you know, there's no resentment. There's none of that because you've normed everyone set ground rules. You've grounded the experience, you're checking in and it's just a beautiful thing. Like in all of the things, can you make up something that feels good for you? The timing of this, when this podcast comes out, will give people time to process what the holidays mean to them. And, yeah. you know, if you're anticipating the holidays from, you know, a daunting perspective, you know, I love your invitation to be like, well, what, what does it look like just to lean into what you're feeling? Less about what yeah. you think about the holidays and the people that you celebrate. Like, how do you want to feel? And what is it like to allow yourself to take 100% responsibility for 
owning those feelings or getting to those feelings in a way that you don't have to um, maybe shit all over the place or or make a mess uh, ex- externally, right, with other people around you, but really owning this idea of, yeah, I, I want, I just want to create something that's going to make me feel empowered, that's going to make me feel loved, that's going to make me feel celebrated, right? Yeah. And it's going to allow me to invite other people into feeling that as well. So I think you're sharing about Jill Scott's idea and even just uh, Buismaka earlier that I shared, you know, it's, it's, it, our invitation to you all is to take ownership, take responsibility for your life experiences around holidays and beyond and focus on how you want to feel and how that focus allows you to create something beautiful because you say so. Right. And on that note, uh, happy holiday, happy celebrating, happy celebration and being celebrated of you okay i'm gonna stop now anyway i hope i hope you all just feel really good and find magical ways to celebrate both yourself and the people around you and the things you're doing every day yeah yeah because the ultimate invitation is to create a life that really works for you uh you know and, and sometimes that doesn't have to be attached to the tradition of it all and sometimes it could be which is beautiful either way yeah until next time have a great day ciao Thank you for joining us for this episode. It is a privilege to share our experiences and reflections with you. Our goal isn't to have you just agree with us. Our hope is that you'll be inspired to look within and consider some of the same questions and perspectives for yourself. We invite you to continue to curate a brave space for yourself, exploring and embracing your growth and celebrating your power, ownership, peace, and joy. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at ssbd.thepodcast. We look forward to connecting with you. Follow and share the podcast on all major platforms. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast as that helps us grow.